it's Micah McCaw. Whoa, that's an excited intro. And who are you? Jordan McCaw. We're not as excited. I we're guess. married, and um, it's November. And I mean, if 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 all the polls are right this week, we have a new president come January. Uh, this is the Macaw Podcast Universe, and <laughs> we cover film franchises. Is that correct, Jordan? That is correct. And we exist to prove people wrong when they say that sequels are never better than the originals. Now, so far, in the Terminator franchise, we have not found that to be the case, even though people claim Terminator 2 is one of the best sequels ever made. It is good. It is definitely good. It's great, yeah. even. But you and I definitely preferred the first one still. Yeah. There's a magic about it that I, I think there's a magic about the second one, too. But there's just a magic that really works for me in that first one. Yep. So today we're testing our theory again. Yep. But now James Cameron is out of the equation. And I'm going to go through the notes on why. But James Cameron has nothing to do with this movie. His hands are clean at all. No producer credit, no writing credit, nothing. So, so is the next movie after T2 Titanic. Yeah. Wow. No, 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 no. He does. Oh, no, it's uh, True it's Lies. True Lies. Following year, T2 3D Battle Across Time. Quick plug for patreon.com slash M-I-C-A-H-M-C-C-A-W, where we covered that amusement uh, attraction. And uh, once he's done with that, Cameron's like, okay, I'm excited, and I'm ready to write and start working on Terminator 3. Oh. Giving you a nice little tease before we really get into it. Okay. So he was ready to go on that. And then he went, he does Titanic and well, the rest is history. The rest is history. And that movie is history about history. Yep. About a big boat. Big boat. Big boat. And a sweet old lady. And a sweet, sweet old lady named Rose. Um, so but as we go, so um what is your experience with this movie, Jordan? None. So last night, or two last nights ago, night was, was the first oh time yeah, you saw it. First time ever seeing any second of this movie. Okay. Well, then let me tell you about my first time. Okay. Um, I was very young, and I think it was playing on Fox, maybe? Fox, like the channel. And they were, you know, it was just on TV, like normal commercials and all that stuff. And I saw, like, I didn't know that this was a part of a of a franchise or any well i mean i might have seen because you know my the audience i don't think knows this my parents use well they still do they print out the tv guide Mm -hmm. or they would cut it out of the newspaper and back in the day it made sense right now i don't know why they do it yeah and they don't have cable by the way folks so neither do we no, no, they don't have cable, and yet they print oh. out the, the TV guide. It's like, they, what are you talking about? They do the classic about? antenna to get the channels from far away. You know, they do. They still are doing that thing. Yeah, and they will highlight... Things they want to watch. Things they want to watch. Which means that they take time out of the... I know Lyle's listening to this. They yeah. take time out of their day to look through the TV guide and highlight what they want to watch. Yeah, it's so wild to me. Like, it's so antiqui- antiquated. Yeah. Um. And so, anyway, so I was watching it. It was on TV, and there, you know, there's the part where he go. Arnold shows up into the strip club, and he goes, um, uh, uh, what Take did he off, say? Give me your clothes, something like that. And then the stripper goes, talk to the hand. 
Yeah, and with, then he, he says it with attitude. Yeah, and talk he, to the hand. Well, and he does say he does say wait your turn, which is pretty funny. Yeah, I mean because he's Arnold's, stripping. Should we we should mention that Arnold's naked in this yeah. scene? So a naked man walks in when he. Sh- I know we're gonna about uh, t- talk about this, but it's really funny to me. So he is transported to the past naked as we've seen and he goes to a what looks like a bar which is kind of like oh classic he's going into a bar to yeah to just mess like with the bikers. last movie okay and the the bouncers like go go around back yeah and you're like huh and he goes inside and it's just a strip club and it's of, ladies night like ladies night and he's naked so if anything he's like fitting in <laughs> like the, that's this, a funny bit the, right do we a, like that i bit? think it's a funny bit okay i think it's funny especially like you just said he goes up to the guy to get his clothes and um the, the guy says wait your turn because he's naked like it's just assuming that this yeah. guy is a stripper what's funny is when he gets the clothes it's like okay for the rest of the movie he's i know that he's clothes. wearing like easy pull apart clothes which they don't really take advantage of. No, they don't. For another bit that could have been funny. But uh, w- one thing that really strikes me, like, so he says, talk to the hand. Arnold grabs the hand and says, now. And as a kid, that is just an absolute, like, 10 out of 10 joke. How funny is that? It's funny. Talk to the hand, and he doesn't know any better, so he just talks to the hand. And so I was like, that's really funny. This yeah. is, like, a funny movie. And then I don't remember seeing anything in between. All I remember after that is seeing the crane sequence. Um, okay. The, the crazy, crazy crane sequence. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like whatever this Terminator thing is, is really cool. I went in. Yeah. And then I never saw another thing Terminator related. I didn't finish this movie. None of that until like I was like a year out of high school. And I, I thought, oh, I should watch the Terminator. That's a classic movie. How weird is that? Pretty weird. And the other thing I do want to point out, which is another funny bit, is how in Terminator 2, when he walks out of the bar and, and he's got the clothes and stuff, the music is bad to the bone. Yeah. And when he walks out of the the bar of this one, it's playing Macho Man. Like, I, Macho, Macho oh, Man. yeah. Which is funny. Yeah. So that's my experience. So la- the, the couple nights ago when we watched it, that was the first time I saw this movie. Cool. So do this you- franchise. First yeah. time you saw this franchise as a whole. That's true. Yeah. Um, do you do you have any like initial thoughts you want to give before we start setting the table here? Yeah, I think that if you're it's a this whole um franchise is a really interesting story and premise mm-hmm. right off the bat. But the more movies you make, it'll inve- inevitably become much more convoluted. And I'm really only interested in the Sarah and John Connor stuff. Yeah. And this movie it's like oh, you're just muddying the waters yeah and, and it's like really it's kind of confusing to figure out what's going on because when how the last movie ended it's like oh they're done they did it and right. you know they they had to take some like little stuff back and, or or just you know re-explain how it didn't work exactly the way they wanted it to all these things. And it wasn't exactly the cool, like you, you prevent something from happening in the future. And because you did that now, this thing, this even worse thing happens. It's not exactly like that. Yeah. They could, I guess they could have done that. Maybe they do in another movie. Yeah. Because it's, this is just a, the exposition's just like, okay, can you crash a car? Yeah, I I feel like the the retconning nature of this movie doesn't that's that's what fails for me. Yeah. Um the the movie itself, I don't think I I wouldn't go so far as to say it's bad. Like on Letterbox, I gave it a heart. 
and I said, "What does that mean?" Like, like I like is it. that one star? Oh, okay. Um, I don't I don't do the stars anymore. I just oh, do yeah. like right. or not like, and then I do five out of five if I think it's perfect. Um, so I I press like, and I said, but with a big asterisk. Listen to Macaw Podcast Universe to find out why. Um, and also I still had to figure it out, but I I think. I think the movie as a whole is like a pretty good movie. There's like some very solid action in this very movie. Very solid action, yeah. But I think what it's missing is like they just like you said, they just go, "Oh yeah, that whole thing, everything that they fought for in the last two movies, um it actually didn't matter. They have to fight for it again." Yeah. And it's it, it just didn't it it felt very unearned. It felt very like they hired someone to write this and they needed to make a sequel. Yeah. And I think I, I'm glad to know that. So like Cameron's not involved. And you mm-hmm. said, I think in a previous episode, like dark fate is like technically the third movie. Like if, if you were going to look at it, like a diehard fan, this yes. is what you're telling. This is what you told me. This is what I understand. This is how you when understand I do the it. notes, I might discover right. something. So different. I'm just kind of looking at it through that lens a little bit. Yeah. Which because I, I'm choosing to whether or not it's really true because I don't like that Sarah Connor's not in this movie. Yeah. Well, and and Dark Fate is when Cameron returns as producer. So yeah, that's another reason why because he doesn't produce three, I four, or five. I can't wait to watch the Christian Bale one. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll watch the it first tonight. And only one I had seen leading up. And until I saw Terminator, that was like the first Terminator movie I saw and uh, full disclosure and admitting that I watched that movie only because Christian Bale was in it. Hey, we all have those, but everyone's um, watched a movie just because Christian Bale's in it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the, the thing about this movie, and sometimes I save this for the end, but I think it might be fun to talk about it up front before we get into production is that because I'm just trying to think. When we chose this series, I thought this is a really fascinating series because it doesn't make sense to me that they made any more after the second movie. Yeah. But then watching them, watching the ride, um, which is only available on our Patreon, and it's and then not a ride though. Yes, but but watching those things and seeing you know the box office and stuff, I go okay. Now I understand why they keep trying to make these movies. Yeah, I do understand that now. And there's always such a long period of time in between them, except for Genesis and Dark Fate, that you kind of go, yeah, I get I get it. I get it. Yeah. You know? Um, but having said all that, so I'm sitting down to watch this movie, and I think that this movie needed, which I think they tried to do with the dad in the military, I think it needed to start with a character like, um, I forget his name, but his first name, but Miles from Terminator 2. Yeah, Dyson. Miles Dyson, I think we needed someone who is outside of any relation to previous Terminator stuff. Yeah. Who either discovers old tech, which wouldn't make sense because they did make sure they destroyed all of it, but like makes a new computer system or something. And like the movie just keeps going to this guy and maybe we don't know what he's doing. Yeah. And then eventually it's like he's the guy who makes this new threat or something. Yeah. I, I can't get past that all the way, but I think that's what it's lacking because basically if you look at this movie, it's the plot of Terminator 2, period. Mm-hmm. It's just the same movie we just saw, just not done as good. Mm-hmm. This so far, the I feel like the farther we go on, the more it's going to be the Jurassic Park rules to me. Yeah. You should have never made a second movie. A third movie. Maybe not even a second. Well, <laughs> I know that the second's really good and I'm not saying it's not, but it's like those the ideas are so good and so pure uh-huh. why don't we just keep it that way like yeah. we watched upgrade last night 
which is a, I would, you know, consider a small sci-fi movie. Yeah. They tackle very crazy, interesting things directed by Lee Winnell, of course. Yes. Um, and it's like, I, I apparently there's going to be a show. I'm kind of into that actually. But that being said, I don't want a franchise of upgrade. That's interesting. But and I get what you're saying. I just, because, because we have, I mean, this whole podcast is kind of based around these things uh -huh. where you have this really cool idea and it's like, how could it not be cool twice? And so many times it's not. Yeah. Or five times or seven times. Like maybe just make another cool sci-fi movie that's original. And I love that. I love that. That being said, Upgrade. though, the, a show sounds interesting. Not another movie, but a show. Either one is great for me. I, I would say um, Upgrade... And, and there was going to be some spoilers for Upgrade, because now I want to talk about Upgrade. Upgrade 2 is probably my number one, like, dream sequel, I would say. If I could, out of out of a series that doesn't have well, any but, sequels. Well, th because of how it ended, you can make a sequel. That's what you're getting at. I remember yeah. leaving the theaters being like, that is a perfect ending. They don't have to make more. But if they want to make more, it'd be so easy to have a I, jumping I off I think point. I have a better example then. Okay. Looper. I yeah. never want to see another Looper movie because that movie is so self-contained. <laughs> the audience can't see that I'm thumbs, thumbs, up thumbs upping you. But that, that movie is crazy self-contained. Mm -hmm. And it and it's time travel, which kind of relates to Terminator. Yeah. Um, that That is like, I never want to see anything about that other than it just makes me want to keep watching the movie because it's so cool. The one yeah. movie that's out. Yeah. Well, and, and the cool thing is, I think in uh, the Upgrade TV show there, that Lee Winnell is involved. Cool. Some way, like writing, I, th I think writing. Oh, if so, he's writing it, it's going to be so good. Well, and, and we already, you know, the series we just covered was... Insidious. L Insidious, and Lee Winnell wrote all of those movies. He's one of the best writers currently working in Hollywood. So, I'll say it. So we know he can do a series if he wants. Yeah. You know, um, but all of that to say... Yeah, he's, got, he's a guy that's like, if you got more of a story to tell... I'll listen. Yeah. I, and I, I think, I feel like a, a, an easier sequel to Terminator 2 for me would be, and I'm I'm guessing this is what Salvation is about. I haven't seen it. But to me, it seems like, oh, you do a prequel that's actually in the future where John Connor sends the first Terminator. Yeah. I don't remember even anything about that movie. Okay. Other than Anton Yelchin's in it. And I kind of maybe remember who he is, but... I don't even want to look it up to remind yeah. myself. But it, that's that's what I would... That's like the slam dunk sequel. But if you're going to do another threat, I like the idea you brought up that maybe the world is worse off that Judgment Day didn't happen or something Again, like that. see, 112263 written by Stephen King. Yes. As an example for that. But maybe by the end of this podcast, we'll crack it. But before we get there, um, I want to talk to you, my friends, about how this movie was made, because it's a pretty fascinating history here. So it's directed by Jonathan Mastow, who did U571 and Surrogates. Uh, screenplay John Broncato, who also wrote Terminator Salvation. He also wrote Catwoman, starring Halle Berry. Okay. Zoinks. And he wrote The Game, directed by David Fincher, with Michael Douglas. Oh, I've not seen that movie. I always forget you haven't. We need to watch that movie. It's good. Um, Michael Ferris is his writing partner, so he's okay. on all those as well. Story, John Broncato, uh, Michael Ferris, and then in addition to those two guys, it's Teddy Serafian. I don't know. She she or he, I'm not sure, did Altergeist and Tank Girl, stuff that I've never seen or heard yeah. of. 
Uh, the music is by Marco Beltrami, who did the 2020 movie Love and Monsters, A Quiet Place 2, Underwater, Ford v. Ferrari, Velvet Buzzsaw, Free Solo. Wait, this guy is a cinematographer? Uh, music. Okay, sorry. Uh, Logan. Because if he did Velvet Buzzsaw. Oh, Zoinks. That's a very ugly movie. Um, and then Fantastic Four. So we've actually talked about him on our Halloween special. Cool. Uh, cinematography, Don Burgess, who did Conjuring 2. And nice. he is like a Zemeckis guy. He's done oh. Castaway, Forrest Gump. Marwin. I think he did Marwin. <laughs> um, and he also did Aquaman. So he's kind of a wan guy. He's a wan head. And he did the original Spider-Man, Sam Raimi movie. So I don't know. My guess is um, the bracket's not over. But by the time this episode comes out, the bracket will be over. My guess is we're going to be talking about him in a couple of weeks again because we're going to be covering spider-man very premature to be saying that based on where we're at with the bracket right now i know i know i was surprised that chronicles of narnia made it to round two so yeah, same here we'll see and it look it looks like rush hour might beat out transformers which is sort of a surprise to me as well so but we'll that's see that's not i had a feeling that i i would love if rush hour got close oh, me too yeah. i just i just thought that people would like to listen to us no talk i bet about transformers people saw that rush hour was an option and it's like oh my gosh when was the last time i watched this movie vote yeah. for that one have you seen those not uh, on tv oh, okay i've never seen them so that'd be totally wow. new i remember a really cool one really cool action sequence and then it was funny that's my memory as a kid that seems like what it's supposed to be yeah okay so the movie comes out july 2nd 2003 the budget is 200 million dollars it makes domestically 150.3 and worldwide 433.3. So it does okay. And that's pretty good, but um, that's like 17% less than the first movie. Um, so now let's talk about the rights. The rights, the rights, the rights. So Gail Ann Hurd, the producer on the first movie, owned 50% of the rights to franchise, and the company Coralco owned the other 50. Um Remember, Cameron sold his rights for $1 so that he could direct the first movie. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then in 1995, Coralco... Wait, so is that coming back to bite him? Okay, okay. okay yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, in 1995, Coralco files for bankruptcy, and Cameron starts writing Terminator 3 because he's like... He's like, yeah! He's jazzed off of Terminator <laughs> 2D. And then Fox signs a $50 million deal to get all of Coralco's assets. But when Canal Plus, another production company, bids 58, Fox withdraws. Eventually, rights would be sold in bankruptcy court. So very... This is weird. <laughs> yeah. So then Fox started working with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton and Cameron hoping to gain leverage so they could secure the rights to franchise and say, you know, we have the, we have the team. Like, Wait, Foxes? Yes. Like, wow. So Fox is still trying to Playing get the dirty rights. a little bit? At, well, you know, they're friends with Cameron and stuff. Yeah, so they're yeah, like, yeah. We're, look, we have the team. Yeah. Cameron's writing. Like, give us those rights. And then Fox was claiming that with the purchasing of the rights, which would have cost them over $58 million because of where it's at, a $95 million budget and Arnold wanting $25 million for the movie, they just couldn't swing it. The budget to this movie would be way too high yeah um and so then bidding begins with miramax so now it's like at a stance that like people don't have the terminator rights they're just like trying to figure mm -hmm. stuff out 
And then September 1997, Cameron invites a couple of friends over to his house. Vajna and Kassar, I think are their Those names. Those are aliens. <laughs> to watch a rough cut of Titanic. While they're hanging out. And it was five hours long. It probably was. Um, while they're hanging out, they learn that the Terminator rights are still floating around. The they're aliens? Like, Yes, the it aliens. Becomes an international, yeah, well, yeah the aliens. Yeah. Or not international, intergalactic. <laughs> <laughs> and so they start bidding for the rights. His okay. two friends, Vagina and Casser. Yeah. And um, Bill Mechanic, who is the head of Fox at the time, got upset that they spent so much time negotiating with Cameron, Hamilton, and Arnold, and the rights were now being sold to Vagina, Cameron's friend, for seven point five million dollars. That's just that's the, it. That's just the rights for the movie. The, the other one was if Fox bought the entire rights of that whole of the company. Whole, yeah, okay, okay. And so Cameron didn't know that his friends were bidding on the movie, and he's like, why would you guys not tell me about this? Yeah, that's weird. So he's pissed. Not very good friends, right? I guess, and eventually... I mean, they probably don't understand human customs. <laughs> <laughs> um. Eventually... <laughs> <laughs> vagina gets the rights for eight million dollars and fox is like we gotta drop out because the budget of titanic keeps going up <laughs> yeah and keeps getting longer and then a cam cameron eventually says you know what i'm okay with arnold and hamilton making their own movie and i'm not even interested in doing it anymore i don't kind of kind of don't blame him oh i totally get it and arnold initially is like i'm not doing it without cameron yeah that's what Arnold says. And then they said, how about this much money? <laughs> well, then um, Vagina says, and this is a quote, um, Vagina was surprised that Cameron would be upset about the rights being sold, later saying, what difference does it make to Jim who's financing the movie, a studio or us? His deal would have been the same. Arnold tried to convince Jim over a long period of time to do the film. Arnold felt very loyal. Vagina said that Cameron felt that we stole his baby, even though we're the ones who put it together last time round. So we felt that that was kind of strange, and then we went on to do it ourselves. So then, if you saw at the beginning the C2 Pictures, that's Vagina's company. Yeah. And we're, we're almost... Yeah, oh, actually, that's the end of the rights situation. Okay. So they have the rights, and they're able to convince Arnold to come on, and Cameron's, like, not into doing it. And I have now I have the production of the actual movie, but I'd like to hear about actors first. Jeez. Uh, it's crazy. Isn't that crazy? That is wild yeah that's really weird um okay so we have in this movie nick stall who plays john connor um he is in sin city the man without a face yeah that's a mel gibson movie yeah and that yeah that put nick stall on the map as like a I child star i've never seen this movie i have not seen it either my grandma blanche told me to watch it one time probably 13 years ago <laughs> and you haven't. You didn't, I haven't. You didn't take her up on it. Um, he's also in um, some indie stuff, some TV stuff. He's in House of Lies, Lock and Key, Body of Proof, Afghan Luke, Afghan The Speed Luke. of Thought, okay. Dead Awake. Oh, and, and Mirrors 2. And then Christina, no, Christana Loken. Um, Is she the TX model? Yes. Okay. She's in Blood Rain, In the Name of the King, Dark Stories, Purity Falls. You look at the cover of that movie, not a lot of purity in it. Lethal <laughs> Weapon, 
the well, show. Can I do a joke about um, in the name of the Father? Did you say in the or in the name of the King? You said yeah. Okay, here's my joke. In the name of the King. Wow. You too. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um. Yeah, she's in a lot of TV too. As, tell about, as well. Tell me about Claire Danes. Claire Danes is in Homeland. She is Homeland. She's Land's home. <laughs> she's also in My So-Called Life, Romeo Plus Juliet. Oh, she's Juliet in Romeo Plus Juliet. Oh. Didn't know that. Um, A Kid Like Jake. She's in Brigsby Bear, which I don't remember. She must be his sister. Yeah. I think he had a sister. Yeah. That's a good movie, folks. Oh, if you haven't watched good. that. It's, and it has Mark Hamill in it. It's got Mark Hamill. I think he's just a voice, but it's still. No, he's dad. He's dada. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in it. It's it's a good movie, and it's uh, it's very um it's very heartwarming. I would say it really is. Yeah, he's also she is also in Master of None, which I also don't remember. And then she is Temple Grandin, which she won a Golden Globe for. Yeah, or maybe an Emmy, or oh, maybe both. There was a TV movie. Yes, it was right for HBO, which is a really great movie. I recently rewatched really it. Really good, and it totally holds up. It's it's a very good movie. Oh, Catherine O'Hara's in that movie. Yeah, she's her mother. Oh, yeah. She probably knocks it out of the friggin' park. Uh, well, what is is her name? Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Then she knocked it out of the park. Oh, okay. She's perfect. <laughs> um. Okay. Then we also have David Andrews, who plays the father of Claire Danes. Who she is about to be a bride, so he would be the father of the bride. He would, but he's not in that movie. No. Hmm. He's in Fight Club, though. What? Who is he? He plays in- Thomas. Who's Thomas? I don't know. He's probably. One of the fighters. Well, that movie doesn't have a lot of guys in it, so I'm trying to think. I know it should who be just is. like so easy, shouldn't it? It's mostly a female cast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I see his face. Yeah, that's a good movie. We rewatched that recently, and that movie just—I feel like it's aging better it takes than most. On new meanings every time I watch it, it because really does. I it, I watch it every couple years, and it, you know you're always at a different spot in your life. So when you watch it when you're like high school, college age, it's like mind blowing. Like, oh my gosh, this is truth. Yeah. And then you watch it a couple years later and it's like, that's messed up, but it's still got some truth to it. And I wonder what it'll be the next couple of times I watch it. Well, I think it's one of those cool movies that when when you're young, you kind of like you, the movie kind of tricks you. I think so too. Definitely. And then the older you get, the more you're like, this is so satirical. Yeah. And the the commentating on like masculine culture, yeah. it, it is like the older I get, the more I'm shocked that I could ever think that this movie was not self-aware yeah. of what it is. Yeah. And that it's like indicting masculine culture. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's just like a lot of Chuck Palahniuk books, I think. Yeah. Or- it's it's that whole all, a lot of nihilism stuff. Well, a lot of Chuck Palahniuk, maybe all of his books. Yeah, that's true, but he is really good. Yeah, he's we... also okay. <laughs> David <laughs> Andrews is also in Apollo thirteen, and he's also in Watchmen, the show. Deputy director dot dot dot. <laughs> Wait, let's see. Okay. Deputy director Farragut. I don't know. There are a lot of people in that movie too. He's also in the boys. Wait, he was in the that movie or the show? The show. Okay. He's in the show The Boys. He's also in the show Shooter. Wow. And NCIS, but so is everyone else. And then, okay, I'll just do one more. Okay. I have a lot of notes left, so you can take up as much time as you'd like, Jordan. Mark Femi Gialetti plays the fiancé. 
Scott Peterson. Oh yeah. He is also in Aquarius. He is in Mad Men, Murder to Get Away, How to Get Away with Murder, Rediscovering Christmas, <laughs> The Missing Missing Sister, a lot of movies. I recognized that, him, but I couldn't put my finger on from what. I think we just see him in a lot of I mean, yeah. you know, I think he's yeah, just like in He's a, a working lot of actor. <laughs> Okay, is that all your all your? Fellas? Yeah, but look at the cover of this movie. It's the same as Get Out, and also has her in it. Oh, we've talked about this. Did on we the talk podcast. about this recently? Yeah, we talked about this trailer. That wait, well, is that Catherine Keener? Yeah. So we talked about that on our Incredibles two episode, which is only available on Patreon.com. Okay. <laughs> I've gotten three Patreon. Devil all the time. No, that's not. Yes, that is. No, it's not. <laughs> How annoying is this? You didn't sure even say what the title of that movie is, so people can. We look don't at belong that. here. Yeah, check out that tri- that uh, that uh, poster because it's the same as Get Out. They copied it. So I'm jumping back in here. So, um, they originally hoped to get this film shooting in the year 2000 and shoot two movies at once: Terminator Three and Terminator Four. By July 2000, Camera had been given a copy of Seraph... Cameron, not Camera. Oh, Cameron um, had been given Maybe a copy of Seraphian's script, um, and the script had a female Terminator that can go invisible, but he mm. passed on directing the film due to his estranged relationship yeah. with the producers. Yeah. And Cameron... It's kind of like respect that they would offer it to him first, though. Yeah. And Cameron later stated that he refused to direct or produce Terminator 3 because he dil- disliked the idea of working from somebody else's script in a story he originated. I get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Um, and then Mostow, this director, signs on and has college classmates Broncata and Ferris work um, on the script. What? What a gig. Yeah. And then December 2001, the studios compete for film distribution rights between Warner Brothers or and Warner Brothers wins the rights and then Columbia TriStar wins international rights. So all told the film's production budget was initially set at 169 to 170 million, making it the most expensive film ever to be greenlit at the time. The budget would include paying off the debts of Coralco as well as a $5 million salary for Mostow and a record $30 million salary for Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger himself. But the budget statements for the film put the final cost at 187.3 million or 167.3 million, excluding the production overhead. And Schwarzenegger received a record salary of 29.25 million dollars plus 20 percent of the profits. <laughs> what? <laughs> so um, that's a lot. That's pro- a big percentage. He probably made around 50 million, I would guess. At least. Um. And here's something wild. Edward Furlong, John Connor, mm. was set to be John Connor in this movie. And if you read about it, he's just like, and then all of a sudden they were like shooting the movie and there was another guy. What? They just, they didn't really follow <gasps> up with him or. That sucks. That yeah. makes no sense. And then I. Oh, that am, makes me mad for him. I know. I know. It would have been cool. I feel like since he was in Terminator 2D. Even though I think that this guy did a much better acting job, uh-huh. it's kind of like, you should have just had him do it. That's what I feel. Like, I feel like he's too, even though he would look different, it's like, just let him do it. I, I was just looking at this one as he's much older. <laughs> right. Than the actor. Um, and then Hamilton has a couple of thoughts on why she didn't 
do Terminator 3. Okay. And if you didn't like Linda Hamilton before, you're going to like her now. Because Hamilton declines showing up in the movie as it didn't offer her character anything new. They offered me a part. I read it and knew my character arc was so complete in the first two. And in the third one, it was a negligible character. She died halfway through and there was no time to mourn her. It was kind of disposable. So I said, no, thank you. Applause. Yeah. Big applause. And then Cameron saw the movie when it came out. And he said, one word, great. So Cameron was able to look past all of everything and his feelings. And he was like, I liked that movie. That's good. I hope he meant it. So do you want to talk about Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines? Rise, machines, rise! That was maybe one of the problems. There wasn't a mad scientist yelling, rise, machines, rise. There certainly could be. So the beginning of the movie shows um, John Connor, and it's this, he's kind of seeing the world, and he's saying, you know, I'm plagued by visions. I live on the move. You know, how do you adjust to life when you are humanity's salvation? But you also prevented that. All of this going on, he's riding around on a motorcycle. It's funny that he stays in L.A. As, I know, like go to the middle of a forest. <laughs> yeah. Live to, in a cabin. To stay off the grid. He's in one of the most populated cities in America. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. He does have to get little jobs, so that kind of makes sense. But you wouldn't if you just lived off the land. Yeah, and he, cabin, he would have the means to do that. Pretty much taught him how to do that. Yeah. But um, all of this, I'm kind of going, this is cool. I, I liked this intro. I liked this idea of getting into the psychology of John Connor. Uh-huh. And, you know, there, there's, if, and maybe if they'd have played on it more, there, there's kind of an irony to him being the salvation of Earth or humanity. But then once they are able to stop it from happening in Terminator 2, he is now like not really living a life. Yeah. And I think yeah. there's a lot of irony there. Well, it's like there. now he has no potential. And he kind of has no purpose except to just survive in case something happens. Because uh-huh. he knows, I guess he is the guy still, maybe. Yeah. Um, so there's all of that. And um, uh, then TX shows up. And I would love for you to take over with TX. She shows up in uh, like a department store window. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does not take any of the clothes off of the mo- the dummies or mannequins, which just would have made a lot of sense. Oh, come on. That she walks over to a lady sitting in her car and kills her and takes her clothes. So now she's driving this nice car and this woman's clothes. Um, she, right off the bat, they show you that she's far more advanced than even Robert Patrick. So she gets the lady's cell phone and like hacks into it and learns locations of people. Right. Like it, like yeah. she like downloads information <laughs> into yeah. her. Um, and then she so she's driving around. She's pulled over. She's driving on erratically. This is why I wanted you to take yeah. over for she's this pulled part. over by a cop. And as he's walking up, she sees a Victoria's secret billboard about what's sexy. And she makes her boobs big. They, they grow in real time. Yeah. And then she like flirts with the police officer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't really feel like giving any attention to it. Yeah, it's it's very weird. It's kind of a little disorienting. Yeah, but I mean, the throughout the movie, I feel like this actress does just really provocative things too. Yeah. That, that and you know she's mostly she's just being a robot, so she's very stone stone faced. 
Um, but I feel like she has a lot of expression on her face for being a robot as compared to Arnold and Robert Patrick. Sure. Um, and you know, maybe you chalk that up too. She's a more updated model. I don't know. Like yeah. model of robot. But I don't think it's, I, well, I don't know. I'm it just, it didn't feel like it really, cro- this is the only moment that kind of crosses over into maybe like, eh, that's a little too much. Yeah. But like, remember when she like tastes the blood? of that lady and like the way she does it. It's yeah, like, that was pretty oh, weird. Come on. And it's like, it's cool what she's doing to yeah. taste someone's blood, to know the DNA. Yeah. But it's sexy how she does it. Yeah. Although, I mean, I could imagine a male actor doing it exactly the same. And you, you take Not it like as, that. Not like that. You'd take it as brooding. If a guy did it, I think I can explain further off mic why it was provocative. More yeah okay i guess you're right when you when you when yeah. it was very slow very slow and provocative yeah <laughs> i don't know what more to say it's kind of like yeah i guess i'm expecting this also it's 2003 yeah whatever right um okay so let's let's keep moving uh we find out there's there's this general and they still have skynet the satellite and mm. he's like hesitant to use it now. Uh, so it's just weird that like in the second movie, they put so much emphasis on miles being the only one who like knew this stuff and worked on the technology. So it's all destroyed. And then they're like, yeah, we have that same exact technology. We have the AI, the AI. All we need to do is put in a password and it can take control. Yeah. And the, the, yeah, the guy is like, I don't trust computers that much. Yeah. Until like the next time we see him is him receiving a call from a superior saying, use it or you're fired. And he's like, well, okay. (laughs) And so then the general's daughter is someone we're going to be talking about later. Um, But so we see all that. Um, Arnold, when he shows up, he's in like Joshua tree and they did a very nice touch that the sand around him turned to glass because of all the lightning. Yeah, that was very cool. Liked that. Um, When he goes into the bar... Which is just so weird. So the <laughs> if you if you want to go through, I guess these are like Puritan robots. I guess because he walks into the bar and there's women wearing clothing, and he looks at this one woman, and it, oh, says, it says inappropriate. inappropriate. <laughs> what she's wearing is inappropriate. So robots have opinions now. Yeah, they have like they have like code of ethics, like yeah. dress code. They're like, nah, this girl's wearing something inappropriate destroy and then i'm gonna take a stripper's clothing (laughs) (laughs) so um that was weird very weird yeah um this movie also had a i believe it's this movie has a deleted scene jordan where it shows a guy who's like um programming the robots and it looks into a screen and he's like this kind of nerdy looking guy but he has arnold schwarzenegger's voice like they overdubbed Arnold Schwarzenegger because they wanted to explain why the robots have the Terminator, like Arnold's what? voice, which I'm glad they cut it that's because dumb. that's like, we don't need an explanation. Literally, no one cares that he he's has an Romanian. Austrian. Or, oh, he's Austrian. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, it's cool. But, but they, they felt the need to fill the scene oh, that explains that sucks. why. <laughs> Gosh, I'll have only to show in the it to 2000s. you. <laughs> well, that seems like something someone would do now. Um, uh, yeah, I guess. It's just we were watching this movie and it's like the 90s and early 2000s just really feel like a time where we were really out of touch with, <laughs> with a lot of things. Yeah. Um, 
But anyway, all this business happens. TX is killing some random people. We don't know who they are mm-hmm. or why. And then we see John Connor go into a veterinary clinic and like because he, he nurses wounds. Got in a motorcycle accident. So he's yeah, stitching himself up. That. Yeah. Takes some medicine. Um, earlier we had seen Claire Danes um, at, at at like a Macy's home doing like a registry because she's engaged. So we meet her and her fiance. And that's when she talks to her dad and is like, I don't know if he's the right one. And he's like, I've never been scared for you. You've always made the right choice. That's what happens. So then... Yeah, which I guess pays off later when you find out she's John Connor's wife. Well, also, <laughs> too, when her fiancé dies, it's like, oh, well, I guess she doesn't have to worry about that for the rest of her life. <laughs> um, so she gets a call, like, really early in the morning saying, you got to go to the vet. There's, like, an emergency with uh, a, a cat. So she goes there, finds John, puts him in a cage, like a kennel. And yeah, she, she, for someone who's like trained in military stuff from Linda, Linda Hamilton, she sure hands it to him in like two seconds. I think he's just, well, no, he took a lot of drugs. Remember? Oh, that's right. He, that's he took right. like the whole bottle. Okay. Okay. The, like the whole <laughs> bottle. Um, so yeah, she puts him in a kennel and then is just trying to take care of the lady with the cat. Yeah. And then meanwhile, while all of this is happening, someone else breaks in. Oh my gosh, it couldn't get worse. So she has to like run away or hide. Yeah. And so then it's the, she's a TX. That's what it's called. Yeah. She is trying to find her, but you think, oh, before that she killed some, some random people. She was going around killing random people that we didn't know who they were. I, I said that exact oh, sentence. <laughs> so sorry. I think I floated off somewhere. Oh, I know. So, when she was here, did you think that she was going to... Yeah, she was looking for her. Yeah, she was looking for Rebecca... Or, um... Chris... Chris... Catherine, Catherine Brewster. Yeah. And so, yeah, all of it... Because someone had said something about John Connor, and she her ears kind of perked up. But I was like, why is she killing all these other people? And I think the twist of... Because she's killing them because they wind up being his lieutenants, lieutenants. in the future war... I kind of like that twist. That's kind of a fun thing, but it is all, it is like just because you edit what she does, it doesn't mean that it's an original story. You know what I I mean? I hate this so much. Oh, you hate it? It is so self-indulgent. It's insane to me. Okay. Tell me why you hate it. Because we've already gone through the two movies where the two things make sense why robots would come back to kill him. First, Mm -hmm. Sarah Connor to prevent the pregnancy, which is kind of like a theory that we've had before. So it's kind of fun to see it dramatized yeah. and then we have the next movie where you know they failed which means she gave birth because in the first movie remember they um like destroyed the machine that would allow them to go back like the, uh, the so it's like by that by the time the second movie rolls around and he's like a teenager they've figured it out again and they've by that time they can come back and just kill him no yeah. big deal yeah love that stuff makes so much sense this movie it's like Maybe some stuff in the second movie didn't happen. We'll figure it out as we write the script. Well, we don't really know. And then, like, I guess they got to come back to kill somebody, right? How about they just come back to kill his friends? Like, yeah, when you put it that way, I mean, you're it, right. It's like, why not just go back far? Why do they have to go to this past? Couldn't they just go back to, like, when he was a kid again or when Sarah was... Well, that opens again? a whole can of worms. I know but... it does, but don't you see that's the issue? Like, right, right. If you keep so, making movies, it's, it's so convoluted. That, that's why I think, as far as like the lore of this universe, a much better sequel to me would have been about a reestablishment of 
I know that the whole thing is time travel and the Terminator, mm -hmm. but it feels like a better movie would have had to do with like Skynet and them building it. Uh -huh. And, and, you know, I don't know, maybe Linda Hamilton, if, if she was into it, like her and John Connor are like, I can't believe they're making it again. And they're like trying to stop them and they're unable to do so. Uh, but that also sounds like, the plot like it just it does feel like terminator 2 covered all the basis of what, what you I could feel. do yeah um or it's like what they could have another possibility is so the second movie happens they destroy everything and then this movie does take place after august 29th 1997 yeah so which means you know they did prevent that right um so like that still happens all that stuff but now Skynet, like these companies are still a thing. They're trying to still, you know, create the most innovative things in the world. Maybe S Sarah and John figure out how to help or how to like, I don't know, make yeah. it not something that's going to take over humanity because it so easily could. Maybe they don't even be in the movie, but just like something like that, if that makes sense. And then of course it yeah. goes wrong and they have to. Or, or, fix it. or maybe the movie, but, but you know, it's the whole, it's that whole thing where when you, when a franchise like, when it rises above the point of it's just a story in a movie people like, but it's like an icon, like yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Um, like there is a certain expectation when you go into a Star Wars movie of what is going to happen and what you're going to see. And when you go outside of that expectation, see The Last Jedi, the, the fans of it get very mad and angry. And they're like, no, you're not allowed to do that. But I think that Terminator 3 needed to be that. Where it's like, where it's like, no, we're not like Arnold's not going to be in it, mm -hmm. and w maybe we're going to talk about building this future that's even worse than after than what would have happened because mm -hmm. I like that idea, and maybe there's no Arnold, and it's like, like he wouldn't even exist, anymore. like a whole different breed of machines that don't look like the Terminators you know or something like that. But that's also like a huge gamble. What studio is going to be like? Yeah, we like that you're taking Terminator away from the one arnold and those machines like the main things about it yeah doesn't it mean so like because this tx and arnold came back in this movie that means right off the bat that what they did in the last movie didn't work because they shouldn't even exist yeah this is well dumb. well it <laughs> yeah it, it means that what they they it literally means no other movies should exist in the future I know that's that's the and I would be curious because it said you know in the notes Cameron said he was writing a third movie. Would love to know if he had any ideas. Yeah, and I want to know what he thought was trying to do. Yeah, but my my thought is with a even though I haven't seen it with a title like Terminator Dark Fate and the whole thing where Sarah Connor's you know scratching no fate in mm -hmm. Terminator Two. Maybe that movie is what we're talking about yeah. right now, where yeah. they're like, oh, it's worse now. Yeah. And that's why they're disregarding the other sequels. Right. I'm actually, I remember when that came out and I was just like, no, we don't need more term. Stop making these movies. Mm. But now I'm like really anxious to watch that movie because yeah, it too. seems like maybe that one like makes a nice trilogy. Yeah. So definitely. that'll be super interesting. But let's get, so back on this one, huge fight at the veterinarian cl clinic. Mm. And, um, there's some fun stuff in here. Um, Claire Danes gets like brought into the, to the animal, um, like truck in the back. She's put in the back of her truck and locked in it <laughs> Much by, by precise, Arnold. More precise Arnold's way to like, say it. Well, yeah. So Arnold's basically like, get in here for now. 
and he needs to go find john because when the robots when the tx sees john basically it's like mission has changed kill john yeah because she found him um so yeah there a big explosion happens because he drives in oh you remember the truck like drives over claire danes yeah kind of crazy um they fight a little bit. You see that the rope TX is really, really strong, like maybe even stronger than brother Robert Patrick T1000. Yeah. And then, you know, ambulances and fire trucks start showing up. Things get nuts. And then the, tr- like Arnold, John and Claire Danes get away. Oh, we're just going to kind of skip over the crane. No, that's coming next. They oh, get, right, they get right. out of the vet. <laughs> Sorry. So they are in the truck driving. I, I think Claire Danes performance is really good as yeah, a hostage yeah. like she's very like confused all she wants to do is get out because it has nothing to do with her and she continues to try to like scream for help and get out it's it's very yeah. believable what i like how later in the movie when they're at the gravesite mm-hmm. of linda hamilton and he's she she just like gets away at the first chance she gets that makes and, so much sense to me yeah instead of being like well and that's that's the moment right. <laughs> yeah and that's the moment where it's proven to her that arnold is some it's not human. Yeah. And if anything, like I would probably still run. Yeah. But I think the person, yeah. Cause well, we'll get there, but, um, the crane sequence, uh-huh. this sequence is cool. Mm-hmm. I like this sequence. I mean, some of the effects have aged a little bit, mm-hmm. but that building that they drag Arnold through that like shatters and stuff uh-huh. that they built that building and yeah. they did that. Yeah. And they, I, th- they had kind of a one go, let's do it. I mean, Arnold is not on it. Obviously. But, um. Yeah, it looks really good. And I think it took them, like, two or two weeks or so to, like, build that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was six. It might have been six weeks to wow. build that. And then they have to, like, do it, time all the explosions properly and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, that's such a stressful thing. But they had that real crane. Uh-huh. And they were driving it around, destroying stuff. Um. It's cool because, you know, Arnold Stuntman is, like, running all over the place yeah. on his crane. And then he defeats it by dropping, I don't know what those are called, like the anchor of the crane down into a sewage drain. Yeah. And it goes down and then it makes the crane flip over itself. Yeah. And it was cool in in the special features. They were like, yeah, we, we were wondering how we could do that. But the liability and stuff of, because they, Flipping they it? originally they were like, we'll just do it. Yeah. But they were like, the liability is way too high. <laughs> it like it, a lot could go wrong. And it's just funny because they said, yeah, we'll just do it in VFX. And I was like, that's interesting because in the first movie, they have like the best looking miniature explosion ever. Yeah. And they didn't do miniatures. And it would have been cool if the crane was a miniature. Yeah. I think. Um, But it's early 2000s. It is. And it is. Well, and this whole series is like, you know, they're trying to push the boundaries on special effects. Yeah. I'm not going to blame them for that. It's just like. I think it still looks pretty good. Yeah. They did a good job. Yeah. And the good guys get away for now. Yeah. And they go to a cemetery. And this is, well, they're, they're driving and it's just, this is all exposition for a while. Which, and this is when they explain honestly, it's been postponed. Honestly, I had a really hard time paying attention. Yeah. Um, because, as we just talked about to death, how convoluted the movie is. Yeah. To the point where it's like, I don't even know if I care to know how this works. And I had to fight that. Uh-huh. So, um, he's explaining all the exposition, how cut, like, you know the second movie like we did all that stuff how come you're still here and he's explaining it clearly i didn't listen because i don't know what he said but arnold takes something out of him like a tracker thing it's a fuel cell i don't know why i took it out it was dying it was dying okay throws it explosion because it can't survive outside 
in the open air. Yeah. So it's a gun in the closet Mm -hmm. situation. Um, more exposition. <laughs> well, get one, to thing, the cemetery. one thing they explain is that John Connor in the future send. Well, actually, we find out later. It's um. This is not until we get into the RV. Yeah, his. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah. I'll save it then. But um, the so they go to the gravesite of Sarah Connor, which is like per, uh, the, you know it's it's one of those off-screen deaths, and as someone who watches franchises and movies and stuff, you're it's like, like uh uh uh. Well, you're like, okay, so Linda Hamilton didn't want to be in this movie. Yep. It's just yeah. so obvious. Which, like, they have to explain why she's not in the movie. They do, they really do. They do. And what what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, I frankly, mean, they were going to kill her anyway, so my, why not just continue to kill her, even if she's not going to be in the movie? Yeah. So, and, but it's, it is kind of like, oh, this really... You know, it's it would be like if they made an alien movie. You and they know. couldn't get the alien to come back? <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, Sigourney Weaver. They're like, oh, yeah, she died a couple of hours ago. And you're like, wait, like the person, the one we know and love, she's just not, that's pretty lame. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that someday. Someday. <laughs> Whenever. But, but so th- they go into the tomb and there's there are, you know, guns galore. Mm. Police show up. TX shows up. The psychiatrist from the first movie shows up, which is like. he. I loved his little moment. Yeah, it's, it's like, it doesn't really makes sense but it, it's the kind of indulgent he's like the and, trauma counselor so yeah. he shows up to these traumatic scenes and he basically s- implies that um you can you can think that you experienced a lot of crazy things so he implies that <laughs> he kind of like gets this far off stare and he's like anything yeah you can ma- basically you can make anything go away so, so he's basically saying i still don't believe what i saw in the last movie even though it was probably the most nightmarish thing he has ever seen in his life yeah and so that's his little cameo and then she's attacked mm-hmm. um brewster and then they all get back together and in a they, hearse you know in a hearse and they drive away tx is uh trying to saw through the hood of the hearse and they're whipping her around trying to get her off they use some of the guns that because they took the casket arnold's yeah. walking around with a casket by the way um which is a nice image Arnold yeah, with uh, with a huge like soldering gun and then a casket. And yeah, he's shooting it, at it the plays police. for fun laughs for me. Um, yeah. and then they get her away again. <laughs> and then so then they're at an RV and then we have more. This is like the moment of like John's like, what is going on? Like, yeah. because of what he learned from the last movies, like you have to follow my orders. Yeah, and he says, no, I don't. I was not programmed to follow your orders. So uh arnold's like my operate you know my operation is to keep you both safe no matter what because he does say that like the um world's end is still happening yeah so we just need to get basically into a cave and wait yeah so um that's when john well we, we've claire danes finds out her fiance's dead so she's dealing with that for a minute and then john is threatening to kill himself if if the terminator does not take them to skynet to stop everything from happening yeah. Big uh, tension-filled moment, and then Terminator agrees to take them. Yeah. To Skynet. So, two things I wanted to say. Uh-huh. One, so back when TX was attacking them, again, it is funny because if you're following the formula of the second movie, it's like you have to go bigger and better. Mm-hmm. And that only works like one time usually to go bigger <laughs> and better. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And in this movie, it's just funny. And and we did actually talk about this in our T2 3D episode where it's like, okay, you have the first Terminator. He's an unstoppable killing machine. You have the second Terminator. He can transform into stuff and liquefy. Transform into sharp objects. That's it. Yeah. And then you have the T1 million, which is on our episode uh, on Patreon. And then on this movie, you have the TX and it's like, ooh, what's the new advancement? She has guns and like a flamethrower as well she as she can hack into stuff. Yeah, and it's kind of like I don't know. I don't know what the bigger and better thing would be, but it is a you know what? How do you improve? Like the T the T one thousand is such such a killing, unstoppable machine, and you really believe he's unstoppable. That when it shows up, and they're like, "But this time it's female." What You're I, like, "What? That's not enough for I've me." Noticed, to- I noticed that this movie compared to the last one, when she's getting shot at, she doesn't even get, but like momentum doesn't even push her back. When in the last movie, Robert Patrick like that. That's their, kind of that's their back. big thing. They're like, "This time the she's bullets don't slow her down." But I think, honestly, I think that's part of it. Part yeah. of their advancement, yeah. she just can continue to walk towards you. <laughs> but uh, and then the second thing is, and when they're in the RV. And they're driving to Skynet. You find out that um, Catherine is the one who sent the Terminator back because John Connor was killed. Yes, that's right. And you find out that they get married. And I, I like that in theory. I don't like it because they up, they upended, you know, Terminator Two. Yeah, and it, to me, it does sweeten the whole why the term YTX came back at all. Like, it does make it like, okay, that's a little bit better. And I yeah. understand why I had to wait this long because it is a twist. I get that. Yeah. Just still not a fan of it though. And then she sends back the one, the one hundred one model or the one hundred model because he's like partial to that model because when he grew up as a kid, uh-huh. you know, Terminator. Well, that's two. what kills him. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Oh no, I, I was not. Because but- they ask how John dies, and Terminator killed him because the bad guy sent him to him because they knew that he would trust him for all the reasons you just explained. That's right. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, there's all that kind of weird. Um, and then they get to Skynet, right? Can we skip to that? And what I really like about this scene are, is there are the like first models, Mm -hmm. the T ones and they're driving around and they look a lot different and it's like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Like back in the day, they had these small models and then they're going to keep upgrading. Yeah. 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 I like that idea a lot. And they're, they're not like very smart or anything like that. Well, they're they not, just kinda, not even intelligent. They just, I mean, they're intelligent yeah. to the point of like good guy, bad guy, kill, don't. Yeah. Which is pretty much kill everything. Cause that's what the artificial intelligence tells it to do. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, there's been a, a virus in computers that, that, which is why they release the AI. They force the general to do the AI. And he's like, I don't want to do it. And he does it. And then it starts going haywire. Yeah. So it like kills all these people. Um, big fights. Vroom, vroom. Scary. <laughs> and then they're like, oh my gosh, we have to go to this place that the general's like, he's dying. And he says, yeah, you have to go to this place. And then you could shut down like the motherboard of Skynet. And then they go to that place. Um, well, are you going to skip over like the hangar scene? Uh, well, I think that's where I'm at, right? Where the helicopter comes in and... Oh, yeah, I guess. No, okay, well, remember this, though? Okay. TX, Terminator are fighting it out. And TX basically decapitates 
Terminator, basically. They're still wired. Right, right. And then you see she does something. You're like, okay, she's reprogramming him to be bad. I actually didn't uh, track that, funny enough. Oh, okay. It is very obvious when you pointed out uh, and when I got to it, I was like, how did I... I think sometimes too, though, in movies... You get movies, so wrapped up in what's going on. I get wrapped up and I I don't like... Like, I'm not someone... Occasionally, I do want to guess the twist. Like, if I'm watching a whodunit, because it's fun. Oh, you don't like it when people say that was so obvious. But, well, I don't like it when people say that. And I, and I don't like to go into a movie being like, I'm going to figure it out so that I can prove to everyone who went to this movie with me that I'm smarter than them. I guess, like, the mo- this moment in particular, though, because we're past all the twists. There are no more twists. Yeah. Well, that's not true. There is one other big twist. But usually in, like, a movie where there's something like this, like, fighting... And then something happens where like someone falls down a pit and you think they died and they didn't never trust someone if they fell down a pit because they're not dead. Especially Star Wars. Especially Star Wars. Nobody dies if they fall. And Lord of the Rings. Um, when Gollum falls down the pit and Shelob's lair. Oh, yeah. But he does fall into a vat of lava. Yeah, but we see him die. No, I'm talking about the first one. Anyway, also when, Gandalf falls ugh, down When a you pit. like a lot of the times when like a big major character, it's like their end. You can kind of like sometimes depending on what move, what movie number it is. Yeah. I feel like a computer right now. What movie number it is, what time run we're in the movie, all that stuff. You see that they have been defeated and then you see the bad guy maybe hang around for a couple more seconds to do something. It's like, okay, we got like 30, <laughs> yeah. 45 more minutes of this movie. That's what I mean by it's so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, a, it's kind and, of, and it's, it's, a, a, it's okay to, have that opinion but sometimes you know when you're watching a movie and someone's like oh my gosh i called that and you're like yeah no no, no i'm I not don't... a fan of that especially when you start the movie and it's like i i know what i'm gonna figure this out in 10 minutes like yeah. first 10 minutes of this movie and it's like just be quiet and and then just don't enjoy don't, it. don't prove it to me later that you were able to guess someone died because you could probably look at every character and be like one of them's gonna die that's my guess yeah I don't know. Yeah. That's annoying to me. Uh, but Catherine shoots up robot and he replies, you remind me of my mother. Very Freudian. What am I talking about? Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> John yeah. says that too. Catherine after she shoots up a T1 yeah and he's like you remind me of my mother and it's like ew. <laughs> what? <laughs> Weird. Um, so then. Yeah. Arnold reawakens. He attacks him in the hangar. But he's still conscious, like, he, she didn't program enough that she took away his sentience. So, like, he is trying to tell John, like, run away. Yeah, and he's able to shut himself down. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I liked that yeah. element of it. Yeah. They escape, they get to the hangar, and then they, they, they break into it, or the bunker, rather. Sure. They yeah. break into yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Arnold and the TX show up, and... how they get there? They flew by, um... No, how did the Terminators get there? Uh, they flew as well. The, okay. the, the TX flew a helicopter into it, and then like two oh, minutes later, my. Arnold flew it in, which I thought he was done, yeah. like done after he shut himself off, but then he comes back so that he can pull out a fuel cell and blow her up, yeah. which is like not nearly as cool as thumbs up into lava. You know Let me tell you what. almost cooler <laughs> is she reprograms him and then forget him trying to kill John in the hangar, but he's trying to kill John in the bunker when they mm-hmm. get there. And um instead of that scene where he's like trying, you know, whatever. Uh he because he's trying to kill John, like, but with his fighting back against that call, he rips that thing out of him to blow everything up. 
Yes. Yeah. That'd have been that cooler. would have been just it would have taken out five good minutes of this movie. Right. Anyway. Well, and there is an element of like when he's rebooting and you're like, OK, you have to give Arnold Schwarzenegger another moment. I get it. Uh, but that's also true, that's true. That's true. He's no, got 20 percent of this movie. No, but I'm saying like but also like story wise, he fulfilled his character arc. Yeah, totally. So I don't need him to like redeem himself again. He redeemed himself by shutting himself down. Yeah, that's very cool and unheard of for mm-hmm. the Terminator. Mm-hmm. So and then there's a final twist in the movie that Skynet was never a physical location. It's just like in the ether. Mm, It's in the cloud. It's in the cloud. And so then Judgment Day happens, and they're in one of the only bunkers that can withstand it. And I like that twist. Again, this upends all of Terminator 2, so that's what I don't like about it. But on its own... Like, it's almost like if you detach this movie from the franchise, it's pretty cool. If you... I like the set a lot. Like, they're really confused. You have, like, that pres- president's podium. Like... Yeah, like, that was a cool, like, wait, like what's this happening? is where the president goes when there's a nuclear attack. Right. And so that all of that's kind of weird and yeah. cool. And I, I do like the reveal. But, like, in Terminator, it's like, well, we already went through all of this in the last movie. So why am I here? Is how yeah. it feels. And it... Uh, yeah. So... But I guess it ends with, like, people calling in on the radio, like, is anyone still out there? Yeah. So it's like, okay, the bomb was dropped. Or it's all of them. Yeah. And um, so it's like, oh, they become husband and wife because they're basically the last two people left on Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, he he calls back or answers the call and says, I'm John. I'm in charge. So it's, like, kind of cool. Like, that's how he takes up the call, especially in this movie when he thought that he didn't have to do that anymore. Yeah. It's and, interesting. And I, I, again, it's like, it's almost like it's not a bad movie, but it's a bad Terminator movie. Uh-huh. It's kind of uh, uh-huh. maybe how totally. I feel about it. Um, and it wasn't like hard to watch or anything. I don't think we've watched much worse movies, but um, I don't know. That's all I got on the movie. I think we covered it tried and true, mm-hmm. but I do have a couple of um, movie announcements. Okay. So for one, to follow up on our, um, Harry Potter series, Johnny Depp has announced that he was asked to resign from future Fantastic Beast movies from Warner Brothers. So the Depp man's out. And in case we haven't discussed it, but I'm pretty sure we have, my guess is that they will make Fantastic Beast 3, it'll be a box office bomb, and they will not make 4 and 5. Or maybe, well, I think it'll still not do well because no one likes Harry Potter world anymore. But... What if they just made a Newt movie, a Newt Scamander movie, yeah. kind of just straight up? I don't even care if they retconned the other two movies at all. Oh, no. So yeah. they just make like the movie that we that I wanted, just a fun movie with him and creatures getting into hijinks. Yeah. And take, take a lesson from Mandalorian. Yeah. Just take a really, just make a really, really self-contained movie. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I really liked that one and I didn't think I would. Yeah. Make it sweet, not dark and stupid. Yeah. Um, and then the other news that w- it was unfortunate because we learned this before we finished our Insidious series premiering, but we'd already recorded them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are making Insidious 5. And the big cool news about it is, Jordan. Directed by Patrick Wilson. His first movie is going to be Insidious 5, which is so cool because it must be like something he really cherishes for him to put on the director's hat. And he's hat. the dad. And he's, you know, it's like he's, it's like his baby. And it's, it's supposed to be 
the um i forget their names but mm-hmm. it, that the, family <laughs> the family from insidious one and two it's gonna be them like 10 years later yeah and you know i i don't know how excited i would be if it wasn't someone involved in the production yeah like if if pa- if patrick wilson wasn't directing it i don't know how excited i would be if lee Winnell was writing it i'd still be excited but he's not Oh, I don't know. It's okay. still pretty if like is, preliminary. Sign me. I mean, I'm already signed oh, me up. If this he is, is cool. but if he is, like it's going to be good. Dunk. It's going to be good. So we can look forward to that. I'm sure that'll probably be in like, I would guess 2022. Sure. Um, but they, they're able to make those movies so fast mm-hmm. that who knows, maybe we'll get it next October. And they'll probably have like a $5 million budget and it'll look amazing. <laughs> I know. I, it's, it's so smart to start there. Yeah. Because there's, there's, it's a guaranteed hit for Patrick Wilson. Yeah. But it's also like he doesn't have this huge budget that he would like blow and ruin everything. Yeah. Like if as long as he just directs competently, it'll be like, yeah, we'll give you another project. So very excited about that. Um, and next week is Terminator Salvation. So Salvation comes, I guess, uh, in the <laughs> next movie. I guess it didn't in the last uh, three. So. We'll see about that. We've breached the halfway of Terminator and visit visit our in, my Instagram and Twitter to find out um, uh, what series is after Terminator because I don't know if we're going to know by the time we're done recording this series because mm. maybe we'll finish before the bracket's over. So thank you for listening. Oh, and rate us. Rate us and review yeah. us. It's been, it's been a while. We want some more. We want, we want those reviews. We're like Gollum. They're our precious. We need those reviews. Bye.